Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. This is part of the Suicide Prevention Movement where we are making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. I am Jackie Simmons. I am the host of the show. Our guest today is none other than the amazingly talented, always supportive, totally cool, Katie Miller. Katie Miller is an emotional intelligence, social emotional learning, and emotional power game expert. She's going to be sharing with us what's so fun about emotional resilience and how do we bring it into our families, into our companies, and into the boardroom. So without further ado, Katie, join me in the studio, please. Ta -da. Ta -da. <laughs> it's still magic because we are nowhere near each other geographically and I just love it. All right, let's go on a journey because social emotional learning is not a concept that existed when you were in high school. It wasn't a concept that existed to my knowledge more than three months ago, to be there honest. There we go. Um, this is, for lack of a better term, it's a way to self-regulate our emotions. So then that way we can actually process our thoughts, our logical thoughts, more clearly. Because I don't know about everyone else, but I know that in high school and even as an adult, sometimes my emotions would just overwhelm me. And it could be something as silly as crying over a diaper commercial on TV. <laughs> Guilty of. Um, or it could be just having a bad day and just bursting out into tears because I couldn't figure out how to manage what was going on in my brain. Um, by using these wonderful tools that I have access to and playing a card game, I'm learning that there are ways that we can make the connections between the emotional and logical sides of our brain that it's not work. It's not like you have to do homework. You don't have to write an essay. You don't have to study for it. All you have to do is play a card game. And wow. it's helped a lot, not only for me and my 16-year-old son, who calls me a nut, but that's okay. My husband, who refuses to play this game, he thinks that it's nothing but a bunch of voodoo witchcraft, in his words. Him just observing and listening to my son and I use the language and the framework from these games, he is starting to recognize when he needs to say words or sentences that start with I feel or I think, which is helpful because then he's not walking into a room saying, so what's for dinner? He's actually being polite and saying, I feel hungry. What's for dinner? which I think is hysterical. <laughs> One of the things that I've noticed when we get into this whole, and, and what we're talking about here, by the way, is a new concept. It's called neuro gamification. It is when they married the neuroscience with game theory. And the people who are bringing this forward partnered with us, much to my amazement, and I am still on the verge of tears about it because they adopted the Teen Suicide Prevention Society as 
their mission in the world to support our endeavors. And then they went one step further. And they're actually bringing neurogamification into the next level of self-advocacy training. So that's coming. The other thing that arrived in the mail this week was the prototypes of the game. So we're on this journey together with this company that, and it's becominggenuine.com is where you can get the information. We'll be dropping the link in a few minutes, not yet. Because right now, Katie, what I want you to do is let's play. If you are in the audience, you are here, you're watching this, and you want to experience gameplay, what neurogamification is, what, how to play it. If you want to play, raise your hand. We'll bring you up. You don't have to come on camera. Yeah, we'll bring you up. All right, Carrie wants to play. So, all right, Carrie, you were the first one up. We're going to let you come in and play. Oh, by the way, if you want to raise your hand digitally, you click participant at the bottom of the screen, and then you'll see the button to raise hand. So, Katie, let's, un let's allow, I'm going to, yeah, there you go. Allow Carrie to talk. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Carrie, can you, I'm, there you go. Hi, Carrie. I'm here. <laughs> Yay. All right. Can you, and you can, can, oh, we have to, you're going to have to share your screen, Katie. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm going to go that. off camera. And so Carrie, Katie's in charge. Oh my gosh. You're giving me full control. I'm impressed. <laughs> the games that we use start from, I believe, they can be used for children age three on up to 300. Um, this is one of the higher up levels geared more towards teenagers and adults, um, which I started with. But pretty much it's a series of questions that I ask. And then there are a series of actions when we flip the card over. So Carrie, are you ready for the first question? I am. Imagine you are here. Who do you see? So imagine I am in your studio or I'm imagining in that picture? In the picture. Who do I see? I see my dad who is no longer with us. Do you see anybody else? Oh. I'm just asking. There doesn't have to be anyone else. Is there someone in that top ball? There's a person in that top ball. Oh, you know what? I had not even noticed that before. I so think there, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just see people participating and I see people, yeah, a whole group of people that are participating or saying, pick me, or maybe they're worshiping. Well, that was going to be my next question. What do you hear them saying? I hear them saying, I'm in. Me too. <laughs> and what do you understand about them? You going over to Bill's? Okay. What do I understand about them? I feel like they want to be connected because they're together and they're all you can't see symbolically doing the same thing, which is support and connection of, of, the, of the picture. They're all doing the same. They want to be connected. Okay. And what do they care about? I'm going to say, I'm going to say they care about themselves and each other because they're all in it together. Okay. 
unity. They care about unity. And if you will please read and complete the first sentence. I feel afraid when I think about, oh, really? Just like what I really feel yep. in general? What you really feel. I feel as afraid. As much as you're willing to share. When I, when I, I, I feel afraid when I think about aneurysms. And if we can take a deep breath. And then if you will read and complete the sentence at the bottom. But I am positive that it's really about loving life so much, I'm afraid of it ending without being able to embrace and say goodbye. Thank you for sharing that, Carrie. That's beautiful. I think I just cried a little. That's okay. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about this is it's a way for us to learn how to express our emotions and in this question in particular can be used to help self-regulate. Mm. You know, you're, you feel something that's a negative emotion, but you can turn it into something positive by thinking the opposite. Oh, that was good. See, it makes your brain work and you're playing a game. You don't even think about it. That was really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the participants, and I do not see anyone else currently raising their hand. I'll play. I'll so, play. You'll play. You'll play. Okay. And Mark's here. Maybe he'll play. Oh, let's have Mark play. Come on, Mark, just talk. You don't have to be on camera. I'm not on camera. All right, <laughs> I'll play. Mark is not going to play. He's going to listen. That's okay. That's right. It's all okay. So imagine you were here. Imagine. Mm -hmm. Who would you see? Ooh, I'm thinking Little Red Riding Hood. I'm okay. thinking I would see someone just walking through the woods and she's the first person who popped into my mind. Okay. Now, while you're there, what do you hear them say or hear her say? I'm on my way to grandma's house. <laughs> and what do you understand about her? That she's happy, that she has no agenda other than just delivering the basket of goodies to grandma. Well, what else would she care about? You know, all of a sudden I'm thinking uh, maybe that she doesn't get her red cape dirty. <laughs> Thank you. And if you will please read and complete the first sentence. I feel sad when I think about the people who've forgotten how to play. They've forgotten how to make up stories and let their imagination out. Thank you. And if you'll take a deep breath and then read and complete the sentence at the bottom. But I appreciate that there are so many people who are willing to rediscover that. They're, they're, I appreciate the fact that my family is willing to rediscover play. Thank you for sharing. Even though I know it's me, thank you. Well, you're part of my family. <laughs> I, you know, 
Just saying, I've got three kids, four grandkids, three sisters, and a bunch of other people in my family. But yes, Katie, it's all about you today. I get it. I understand. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. Oh, you stopped sharing? Well, that's because I was going to see if anyone else was interested in playing because I hit the wrong button. Uh -huh. But I can so. bring it back up. Yeah, good. Raise your hand if you'd like to play, if you'd like to experience what this is. And by the way, just playing with one card changes your brain. That's Ooh. the beauty of neuroscience. Amanda's ready to play. Awesome. Amanda, can you hear me? You might have to unmute, dear. Oh, she is unmuted, I think. Amanda? You might have to talk, Amanda. Oh, she muted again. All right. So Mary is not <laughs> able to unmute, um, or there maybe, but Amanda. All right. We'll have to keep going. So, Carrie, would you like to play another card while Amanda figures out her microphone? Oh, Amanda's switching our headset because apparently it doesn't have a microphone. Got um, it. Okay. There's, Carrie's there. Sure. We'll do another card. And I'm going to be extra smart. There is no extra smart. Everyone is smart in this game. I meant to Ooh, that was corrective complex. Oops, so was that. <laughs> gotcha, mom. Okay, Carrie, imagine you are here. Who would you see? I would see a unicorn because it's magical. Ooh. And what would you hear the unicorn say? Keep looking up because the waters will keep you grounded. Thank you. And what do you understand about this place? I feel like this place makes me feel very imaginative and all the things I don't think are possible are very possible. And what do you think the unicorn cares about? I think the, the unicorn is there reminding me that I don't have to be so humble all the time. And sometimes I can make it just about me. And that little thing on its head pointing forward reminds me, just keep rising up. That's beautiful. Thank you. Now, oh, if you will, please. I'm sorry. I said, oh gosh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> if you'll please read and complete the top sentence. Ah, I feel hopeless when I've been thinking about stages and audiences no longer existing in my world, but I'm comforted that people like Jackie and yourself are opening up a different form of stages and that we will still reach audiences just in another way. Thank you for sharing. Ooh. I like your story of the unicorn. <laughs> okay, and I am unable to see the chat box again. So I'm not sure if Amanda is back or not. I believe she is. Amanda, can you unmute? We still don't hear you. Oh, Amanda. 
All right, so we have some tangled tech. I guess I get another turn yep. and we can answer any questions that people have. Because as simple as this seems, it works the left brain and the right brain. That's why there's not a connection between the visual image and the emotion on the second side because it forces your brain to switch. And so, Katie, let's do one more and then we'll just have a discussion. Okay, so imagine you are here. Who do you see? I see my dad. He'd love to fish and be on the water. And what would you hear him say? Knowing my dad, he would probably have some information for the boat owners about how to keep the water from building up inside them. <laughs> and what do you understand about this place? What I understand about this place is that part of their lives are lived on the water. That it's just a natural place for them to be. And what do they care about? I'm looking at the wood of the boat and, and going, you know, they care about maintaining their equipment. They care about having it available for people to go and explore. I'm looking at the buildings going, yeah, hmm, might not be a lot of fish right close by, but being on the water, they care a lot about. Thank you. And if you will please read and complete the first sentence. I feel ashamed when I think about how long it took me to speak up. And if you'll take a deep breath and then read and complete the sentence at the bottom. But I'm joyful that I'm building relationships with people like Carrie and with everybody on this call, all of my speakers, all of the attendees, all of my family that are going on this journey with me. I am joyful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I like the part about grandpa because he did always like to fish. <laughs> yeah, my daddy liked to fish. Um, my daddy liked to fish and his daddy liked to preach. Yeah. <laughs> so how cool is all of that? Um, Katie, if there is one thing that you would wish that everyone on this call knew about the power of just playing games with each other, what would that be? Oh, it's hard to explain without giving an example that everyone will be able to feel. So everyone's going to have to take a deep breath and just imagine, imagine for a moment what I'm about to describe. You're back in school. You're either hanging out in the lunchroom with your friends or standing in the hallway talking when all of a sudden you see that person you know that person the person that always walks around with an attitude 
who thinks that they can do no wrong. You know that if you run, there's nowhere to hide. You know that if you speak up, it makes you a bigger target. You stand there in fear, hoping they pass you by. Now imagine being able to have the emotional, um, strength, the body armor, the Teflon, that nothing that this bully can do will affect you in any way, shape, or form. That's what this does. This helps provide the emotional armor to prevent other people's negative emotions from taking us over. It allows us to be able to self-regulate so then that way we can control our emotions when we are in stressed or high tension situations. It allows me as a parent to have those tough conversations with a teenager, that the kind of conversations that all parents have with their kids. Granted, it's a lot wider of an open category now because it's more than just the usual of the uh, sex, drugs and rock and roll conversations that we that I had growing up anyways but that's what this does this helps create a safe place so you can have those open conversations and there's no judgment and that's the beauty of playing the game is it helps you create that place not only for yourself but for those around you what if you could exist in a world that was judgment free so I'm going to invite everyone on the call to what if you could exist in a world that was judgment free, meaning you stopped judging yourself. And I say it that way because we don't judge ourselves as being right very often. Most often we judge ourselves as being wrong, being lacking, being not enough, being not ready, being not. And so the power to experience, not to imagine, but to experience ourselves as emotionally resilient, as in emotional control, is such a different experience that for most of us, we just have to imagine it until we start to play these games. So Katie, that was absolutely a lot of fun and very lovely and where? I mean, I put the links in so they can, you know, follow up with this, but where do you want people to go in their imagination? Where do you want them to experience life? What's changed for you since you started playing these games? Oh my goodness. Um, one, I have more confidence when it comes to speaking out. For example, I am actually not shaking while I'm talking to you right now doing this interview. Unlike the first interview that you took of me about a year ago where I could hear my voice stutter the entire time. Um, this has also helped regulate my emotions when it came to the unexpected surprise of being placed on furlough and dealing with the unknowns as to, oh my gosh, how am I gonna take care of the house? How am I gonna take care of bills? and realize that I could come up with a plan if I was able to not let the emotions take over. And these cards helped me do that. 
I've been able to come up with a plan and be able to still take care of my husband's son in the house and only get a little bit of gray hair, but I'm over four, I'm 40 now, so I guess that's expected. The beauty of the story, and there's the elephant in the room that people don't necessarily know. So give them the framework. Who are you? Who were you prior to the furlough that you mentioned? What labels did you have for yourself? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to start out right now that if the labels that I wore were actual name tags on our shirt, my stack would be an inch thick. Um, because I was Jackie's daughter. I was the older sister. I was the straight A math student, the palm squad, the perfect employee, the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the adopted mom of half the kids at my son's high school. You know, I was the one that everyone came to talk to when they had difficulty managing their own emotions or the stresses in their life. I was everyone's big fluffy teddy bear, for lack of a better term I can think of. Um, I was the shoulder that everyone cried on. And behind all those labels was me drowning in the emotions of myself and the emotions that I picked up of everybody else. And not having the strength or even the self-security to ask for help was terrifying. Oh my goodness, it was so terrifying. It was, as Carrie described earlier, with the hand at the throat and you can't breathe, you can't function. That's what it was like for me to ask for any kind of assistance. And even with the emotional <laughs> intelligence training that I've been taking and helping with, emotions will still come because they are connected to our thoughts and our memories. But being able to self-regulate, to be able to just be aware of our emotions is a blessing in disguise because it allows us to be vulnerable in our authentic selves when we talk about anything that we are passionate about, when we are trying to teach, when we are trying to heal, um, even if we're just going to sit there and be an open ear and listen without judgment. It allows us to do this without ourselves becoming overwhelmed and then putting ourselves in a state where we feel hopeless. All right, I'm gonna add a layer of complexity and name the elephant in the room. Another one? Yeah, because you also had a label of primary provider for your family. There's a financial component to this word furloughed. Yes. My husband and I have been married for 20 years now. We have a 16-year-old son. We just bought our first house about three years ago. My husband cannot work. He is disabled. Um, however, he did not follow, well, correct this. He chose not to follow up on the disability denials that he received until the point when he did follow up, we found out he was no longer eligible. So I truly am the sole source of income for my family. 
My income takes care of everything from doctor's appointments to paying the mortgage to paying for my son's field trips. You know, I don't, I would do anything not to deny my son. The first thought of being furloughed, terrifying. My second thought was, okay, just stick it to the back burner, make it through the rest of the day. Because I was halfway through my day on a Friday. The next week, which is what I found to be the big kicker is, um, we'll go back just a step. The week before I found out I was being furloughed, my position had changed. They had moved me from a panelist position, which was the position that I absolutely loved, into another seat in the recovery department. Still something I like to do, but was not as much fun. And within the insurance industry, just so for clarity, a panelist was an arbitrator where you got to solve puzzles all the time. And now you were positioned in a different position in the insurance industry that you liked, but not loved. Yeah. As a panelist, I was the judge. I got to listen to the evidence and make a decision and my word was final. As the other position they moved me into, I would have been the lawyer. I would have had to take the evidence and write up the arguments and present my case and then let someone else make the decision. So still fun, still getting to solve puzzles, but it wasn't what I'd love to do. So my position was transferred because it turns out that they were rotating new people into the position. And after the first week of training for the job, because everything had changed over the th last three years, I found out I was being furloughed. The following week, I was technically still in training and I did everything that I would have done whether I was going to continue working or not. I still made sure I touched everything and did, left wonderful notes for everyone who followed. But it was my way of being busy and not dealing with the fact that I am going to be without a paycheck the following week. Around that time was when I was introduced to these card games. And <laughs> I remember the phone call. Uh, Jackie called myself and my two sisters to be on a Zoom call with one of the facilitators for this game. And I remember grumbling about it. Um, I remember getting on, I remember seeing both my sisters and both of them looked like they were grudgingly on the call as well. Um, Jackie had to go because she had a business call, but the three of us stuck it out and decided that we would continue with the presentation. Heaven only knew what would happen. The three of us were playing these games, bringing up memories that we had of kids that were some of the best memories that I can remember. And we were laughing so hard, I swear, one of my sisters fell off the couch. I don't know if she did or not, but it looked like she did because she disappeared off the screen. Um, but we were laughing and having a great time. And I had not played games with my sisters since I was in high school. We found out things about ourselves and about each other that we didn't know before. For example, all three of us have a fetish with fuzzy blankets. No clue that my sisters were like me and had a pile of fuzzy blankets at the foot of their bed. <laughs> Random story, sorry. 
Um, but it actually opened up the connections to be able to talk with my sisters again and not feel like I was walking on eggshells. The reason for that is because when I was 18, I walked away from the family. I thought that no one understood and that I was better off on my own. I was tired of being the big sister. I was tired of picking up the slack. I was tired of being a chauffeur. And I decided that if I was going to do any of that, I was going to do it on my own terms. And I moved out. I had a huge fight with both my sisters, my mom, Jackie, and our stepfather. And I walked away. It was not until three years later that I was pregnant with my son that I called Jackie. Um, and I said that, you know, I know we had not spoken in years, but I wanted to let you know you're about to have your first grandkid. And I am willing to open up conversation so then you can have a relationship with your grandchild. Who knew that now I have the best relationship with my mom than I ever had growing up before. Um, and the fact that I can talk to her even more with ease now since I've been doing the cards and playing the games than before. And it's fun. And I know we still butt heads because as much as everyone says, you're just like your mom, which I find hysterical because people are now telling my son, you're just like your mom, um, which he looks and says, not that bad. But if I end up like Grandma Jackie, then we need to start questioning. <laughs> it's all with fun. It's all with fun and love. We joke around. But it's the fact that I can have this conversation, even with tears running down my face, and not be gulping for air because of the anxiety of being this vulnerable, is a testament of how well this game works without having to study, without having to work for it. Just play the game. That's a great note. Just play the game. All right, I'm going to tell my side of the story. Okay. It's because of playing this game, because of helping my brain reconnect left side, right side, building my emotional resistance. And even though my emotional resilience, even though I have been in this soup for a long time, I'm a stress management consultant. I think I actually coined that term 30 years ago. Yes. All of that went out the window when I was dealing with my own family. And the difference that the card games make is that it gave us something that most people don't have, a common language within our family. There was not only a common language, there was a common expectation of someone could say corrective complex, CC, and the other person would go, oh yeah, there I go again. Instead of feeling criticized or not acknowledged or any of the other emotions that used to come up, now it is, oh yeah, habit, just a habit. There's no emotional attachment to right or wrong. It's just a habit. 
And so we can go, we can change, we can play some more. And I know you're still doing tech support in the background, even though you're speaking, so stop it. I'm putting in a link. I did that already. No, this is a different one. Oh, all right. So anyway, the lovely thing about sharing a stage with my oldest daughter is that you all get to see the experience. There once was a time that we could not have had that interchange without one of us feeling like we had been made wrong. Or walking out of the room. Or walking out of the room. Um, I'd rather people went to the becominggenuine.com unless you know something I don't. Well, for the people who are here only, mm. I am offering this individual link to my calendar. Oh my God, really? So then that way they can schedule an assessment with me and answer questions and learn about the game. And Hi, I will everybody. even walk them through a game to play. So then that way they have a chance to fully experience it without having to worry about a bunch of strangers playing in the room together. All right. That's amazing. All right. So that's amazing. So I will invite people who are here and who can hear me because this will have to go in the show notes now. You put it there. All right, so for, for this community of people who are part of the suicide prevention movement, playeqgame.com is the website that you will go to. And you'll be able to reach Katie's calendar. And as a business consultant, I'm like, ha ha! Yeah, as the host of this show, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, what a gift you have given to everyone on the show, Katie. All they do is just pick a date and time that works best for them. That's available on my calendar. And I'll send them a welcome email with everything that I need beforehand to make sure that I'm prepared. You're welcome to invite your friends or a family member to participate as well if you would like. Um, I just ask for no more than five people because otherwise it tends to become a longer game and more involved. <laughs> there we go. Up to five people is a huge, huge gift. All right, so the miracle of miracles. Katie told you the story of the day that I invited all three of my children. Come, join me on the Zoom room. We're gonna play a card game and it's gonna be fun. And the first miracle, is that you guys all showed up. The second miracle, and this is a miracle, it was the one day in the one week where all of the facilitators were on vacation and the person running that particular game was the founder of the company. The third miracle is that no one else showed up to play that day. There was just my three daughters and me. The fourth miracle is that I got called away. And I walked away just trusting the universe that it was gonna be okay. And when I came back an hour later, the next <laughs> miracle, and I've lost track, okay? I, I can't count that high today. The next miracle was all three of my grown daughters 
were still playing. They were still engaged. They were still there in the room. And all three of them continued on with the conversation, continued on with the gameplay, and now Katie is a level one certified tutor. So this miracle, this stream of miracles, just know that sometimes you have to be willing to take a risk. And I took a risk when I invited all three of my daughters to come into one space because they hadn't been in the same space. They hadn't been in conversation with each other years, decades. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not since my mama passed away, I think was the last time. Um, I believe so. Katie's what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Stephanie's what? Okay. So it's been slightly less than a decade, but not much. Because she's been married a long time. So the reality is that emotional, social emotional learning is the cutting edge of where everyone, all the school systems, even the higher education systems are scrambling to get this into their curriculums. And emotional intelligence is the most valued skill in corporate America. So even more so now. If, if you're even more so now. So if you're looking to help your kids have an edge going forward, both in the educational scene and in the corporate scene or in the entrepreneurial scene later on, this is where you start. It's absolutely free. And if you want to play and get on Katie's calendar, that's a, an amazing offer. All right, I didn't expect that. So thank you very, surprise. very much for your generosity. The fact that I can still surprise you is awesome. <laughs> you surprise me every day. Katie Miller, thank you for coming on the Suicide Prevention Show and being such an integral part and support of the suicide prevention movement. I am glad I can help. I truly am. Now, off to my other job of playing techie. <laughs>